Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, if you've got your Uversion app open, if you've got your um, bulletin that we handed you on the way in, um, then we are uh, cruising along in the second part of a series that we kicked off last week with Mother's Day, and I just want to go ahead and give another hand to, to all the moms, and so we just are so thankful for moms. Um, we had an amazing Mother's Day. We did no promotion out there. You people, y'all invited people, y'all, it was amazing. We had almost 800 people worship with us last Mother's Day between both services. It was crazy. It was crazy. And so um, I should have listened to my wife. I'm a math guy. And so I understand trends. I understand things. We've never had a Mother's Day pop, ever. Most churches get a little spike for Mother's Day. Um, historically, we've had a drop at Mother's Day because we're a young church, and, we're, and we, we weren't very many people's mom's church and so they would go to church with their mom, which was fantastic. And then we would see them again, you know, the next week. Well, this year you brought your mamas here. And so it was awesome. And we loved it, but we weren't anticipating it. Okay, I was not. I was not. So Cutie told me, she's like, you did not order enough gifts. I'm like, babe, I've done the math over and over again. I have more than enough. I said, I'm good. I've done it. I know the percentages. I've worked it all. I've done the math. We've got enough gifts. She's like, you did not have enough gifts. Um, We did not have enough (laughs) gifts. If I would have bought what she told me to buy, we would have been fine. And I said, I said, babe, I said, I'm sorry that the math, the math should have worked. And she said, she said, well, maybe you should listen to the Holy Spirit. I was like, oh, oh, oh. Mm. So, yes, uh, Yes, yes, yes. So if you didn't get a gift last week, I'm sorry. It was my fault. And so, but we do want to, to celebrate and thank all the moms. It was, a, it was an awesome, awesome Sunday for us as a, as a, as a church. Well, here in the second part, um, we have been uh, uh, kicked off a series called Parently. And the, the whole concept, yes, we're looking, it's a parenting series. And so those of you who are actively involved in parenting or grandparenting or, or those different things, um, obviously there's, you know, start to finish, this is just meaty for you. But the truth is, is if we will look at this from allowing God to parent us, everybody in this room, this series applies to. Because we are called, we're asked to call God, Father, first and foremost, that he wants us to call him Father, and he wants to interact with us in a fatherly kind of way, and so we need to recognize that, and if we'll see how God wants to parent, we can allow him to parent us, because guess what? We still need to grow up. Apparently, I still need to grow up, and so I need a little direction in my life, and I think you do too, and so as we move forward in this uh, let's look at it from that perspective. But here's kind of our launching concept this morning. Um, is that um, in its joys and struggles, the parent-child relationship reveals God's heart towards us. And it does have joys and it does have struggles. And man, I tell you what, when you, when you have this moment, like, like 
like we stood up here with Matthew, and, and you've got this little life in your hands. And the very first time I did that, Keenan was, Kenan was born, and I'm a young, you know, 21, 22-year-old dad. And, and I'm sitting there, and I got to do daddy delivery. And so it was awesome, you know, I sit there and get to catch my boy, you know. And I was so excited. And I, if you ever hear like a whoo in church, that's probably me. There's multiple whoopers in our church, but that's probably me. And so I was in the, um, in the delivery room, and I just start like hollering. I'm like so excited. Woo! It's my boy! Woo! And the, the doctor's yelling at me, you need to get control, Dad. And I'm like, it's my, it's my boy! And so I was so excited, but then you get that adrenaline rush, and you, your kid's here, and you're so pumped, and then you're like... Now what? Oh, my goodness. I've got like, you know, this life is trusting me. It's just been put in my hands, and I've got to, I've got to bring some wisdom and some guidance. And I'm still kind of dumb and foolish myself. And who gave me a kid? What's happening here? And so, anyways, and so when you just begin to get overwhelmed with everything that lies ahead. In fact, this week uh, with uh, our baby girl, uh, Preslin. We call her Pressy, and she's four years old, and uh, she's standing at the, the back doors, and she's looking outside, and she sees her little bicycle um, that she does not know how to ride yet. Still got the little training wheels, and she's looking out there, and she's like, Danny, uh, when are you going to teach me how to ride a bike? Like, well, when, whenever you're ready, baby girl, I'm, you know, whenever you're ready. And uh, she's like, well, then I'm going to have to learn how to drive. And then I'm going to have to learn how to do a backflip on a trampoline. And then I'm going to have to learn how to climb a tree like my brothers. And it's just all the stuff. And then I saw her and her little four-year-old self begin to get overwhelmed with all the stuff she doesn't know. And all the stuff she needs to learn and all of these different things. And I tell you what, the whole, this whole parenting thing, this whole growing up thing whether you're on one side of the aisle and you look ahead and, and as a young Christ follower and you open your Bible and you're like, oh, I don't know how to do this and, and I don't know how to pray and, and I don't know how to interact as a Christian. I don't know all this. Guess what? God, will, he loves you and he'll, he's patient with you and he'll grow you up. And then as we're parents and we don't know what to do, we see all these moments that are coming up. And, and I tell you what, God's grace is there. And so as we look at this, okay. I want us to make sure we recognize, man, that, that we just need to invite the love and grace of God. There's never been a parent do it right 100% of the time. Never. Okay? So let's just get that perfect parent thing. Let's kick it to the curb and know that that perfect parent doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. But what we can do is we can try to do a little better. We can try to be a little more engaged with our children. We can try to be a little more teachable as a child of God. And we could just try to do a little bit better. And I think if we just purpose that, if we just purpose to be a little bit better, then we can begin to gradually see some changes in this area as a child of God and, as, and for those of us who are parenting to parent. Let's look at Psalms chapter 22, verse 30, 31. It says, Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn that he has done it. And I love the way the, the message translation puts it. Our children and their children will get in on this as the world is 
as the word is passed along from parent to child. Babies not yet conceived will hear the good news that God does what he says. Man, I tell you what, this is God's original plan. It's for families to be the nucleus of discipleship. That that is God's original plan. And I believe it with all my heart. I believe it as a church. Our number one goal for you as, as parents is for us to come alongside and to help you as a parent. Our job is not to disciple your children. Our job is to help you disciple your children. And so as we're across the hall and we're, they're over there learning, guess what? They're learning some of the same concepts that we learn every week. In fact, if you got your bulletin, just look at the bottom real quick. I don't talk about this all the time, but you'll notice you've been coming here for a long time that there's some questions for the kids at the bottom of every bulletin. It's been that way. We've been a church nine and a half years. There have been questions. I write those questions every week when I'm prepping my sermons, and I pass that on to our, t- to our kids' team. And you know what? Um, those are questions that if you as parents and your kids are involved in our children ministry, if you ask them this at lunch today, they should be able to have a conversation with you about this. They should be able to talk about it. And so we work real hard to keep us on page as a family. There are a lot of amazing curriculums out there. We could get into, and I'm telling you, it's just, they're fantastic. They have all the games laid out. They have all the stuff laid out. And the truth is, it would be a lot easier on me. It would be a whole lot easier on our church team and on our kids team that are putting it together if we got one of those curriculums. And I think it's fantastic that they're being used around churches all over the place. But it's been a big deal to me as pastor that from day one, we wanted to be a a church where people who weren't used to church or comfortable to church felt comfortable coming to church. And especially when we were in the movie theater, that maybe there was people who had just kind of given up on church as presented and didn't maybe have a lot of church knowledge or church background would feel comfortable beginning to connect with God. Well, guess what? If a, if a young family begins to come in and connect and they dare to trust their children to us and let us go over there, well, you know what? I recognize that, guess what? That the, the parents in that home, mom, dad, the couple together, they're the superheroes for those children. They're the ones who are the ones who know everything. Us church people, we're just some peripheral group. But you parents, you are the rock stars for your children. And so what we wanted is to make sure you're able to grow together. So let's say, okay, let's say that today's some family's first Sunday in church, period. Have no church background at all. Don't know diddly squat about the about church. Okay, you come into church. You come in. You sit in here, hearing what we're talking about right now. Kids got checked in. You let them go over there. They're across the hall. Okay, and let's say that um, the kids' church is just doing their own thing over there, and maybe they're to- talking about Jonah and the well. Okay, and Jonah and the big fish actually didn't call it a well. So. That's a whole church thing. And so, anyways, and then 
church is over and we talk about what we're talking about in here. And then whoop, you go out and you go to, to lunch somewhere and you're like, well, okay, what, kids, what do you think? You know, we did this church thing, you know, the music was really good. You know, those guys did this one guy jumped around. He obviously liked it a lot, you know, <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, the, the, the stuff was pretty good, you know. Um, you know, the announcements, you know, that, that worked, and, you know, the, the, the seats were mildly comfortable, and, and the one guy didn't bore me too bad that spoke, and what, what did y'all think over there with kids? And then they're like, oh, it was cool, we had a bounce house, and we played games, and, well, what did you learn? Well, we learned that this guy gets chunked off of this boat, and then he goes down into the water, and then this fish comes and swallows him whole. And then he takes him around, and while this guy's inside this belly of this fish, he prays to God, and then this fish spits him out. And then he gets out, and he's all slimy and nasty, and he goes to this place called Nunaman and something like that. And he goes, and he, and, and he preaches to them. And they're like, what? What kind of crazy stuff are they telling you over there? Fish don't swallow people. Fish don't, you know, they don't do it. And especially if we'd have told them it was a whale. You know, dad has some sort of education. Whales, gullets are not big enough to swallow. Even a blue whale can't swallow a human. And so, a little science fact there for you. And, um, you know, and they're like, this church is full of it. We're out of here. And so, and then all of a sudden, even if the kid engaged with it, then all of a sudden, then dad pushes back or mom pushes back just because you're new to this deal. Just because you're new. And then all of a sudden, kid clicks it in their mind. Okay, that was fun. I had a great experience. But dad didn't know about it, and dad wasn't engaged with it, so it's obviously important. Because everything that's important to life, mom and dad know. And if mom and dad didn't know about this, then obviously it isn't a big deal. And so what we do real, real strong is to make sure that if this is your first Sunday, then guess what? What we're talking about in here today... They're talking about over there. And then you say, hey, well, guess what? Well, well, this is what we talked about. And then they're like, well, we talked about the same thing. Awesome. So if they, and if the little kids have some questions, you're like, you maybe don't know a whole lot. You're like, well, you know, we talked about this. And the guy on the stage said this. I don't know if it's right or not, but this is what he said. And you'd be able to have a meaningful conversation. We work real hard to try to help you guys in this. And so we start from scratch. We write our own curriculum. We write our own stuff. And we, we start from scratch every series so that we can help you guys to be able to do what you're called to do, which is to help disciple and raise your kids. Because there's the, here's the truth, is that the best time to enter as a child is when you're already a child. And so and you're like, well, how does that make any sense? Well, let's look at Matthew 18. 18 verses 1 through 3. It says, At the time that the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Man, they're really wanting to know the, the top, top people here. And he called a little child to him, and he placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So he's talking to these grown men. And they're going to have to morph and they're going to have to shift to be able to receive these truths. Because it may, the life and experience and all these things may hit their ears and them not be able to really grab a hold of it. And really hear the truth of it that's there. 
Now, this week, there was a big thing that blew up. And, you know, maybe you saw a little funny on Facebook, you know, that if you heard Yanny, we still love you anyways. And so, does anybody know the Laurel Yanny thing? Okay. Hey, we got some people that don't know. All right. Well, there was this thing where it's kind of like the dress, if you're a social media person, where people, some people saw a dress in two colors and people saw it in two other colors. Well, this was a word that if you go to vocabulary.com and you play this word, it helped you to, now, to say it, well, people would hear two different things. And so you would, they would either hear Laurel or they would hear Yanny. And so let's play it. Pause. Yeah. All right. Who heard Laurel? <laughs> Who heard Yanny? Oh my goodness! <laughs> Lord help us! <laughs> Isn't this hilarious? It's the exact same thing, and half the room literally heard two separate, completely different things. Actually, more of you heard Yanny. And so, so what we're going to do first, what we're going to do first is that they, it has to do with the octave with the way you hear. Okay? And so they, they created this little tool that allowed you to change it, change it and drop it and raise it an octave. And then it's the exact same wave pattern in that to help us hear it. So what we're going to do is I want you to move it one dial over and play it again, and move it towards Yanny, okay? Move it one dial towards Yanny, all right? Play it again. Pause. All right. Now, who heard Laurel? Who heard Yanny? Oh, my goodness! All I hear is Laurel! That is all I hear? What is the matter? All right, move it another notch. Move it another notch. All right, try it again. All right, pause. Who heard Laurel? The same people. Who heard Yanny? All right, all right, move it another one. All right, stop. Laurel. I still hear Laurel. Thank you very much. Yanny. It's like everybody hears Yanny. Just go ahead and drive it all the way to Yanny. Just drop it all the way. All right, stop. Who hears Laurel still? All right, five people. Who hears Yanny? All right, I hear Yanny finally. All right. Let's drive it all the way to Laurel. Push it all the way. All right. All right. Who hears Laurel? Oh, we're all going to heaven. All right. All right. But it's funny how you can have one thing that based on the octave and all those different things, you have... You know what? And I, this helps me understand my kids a little bit. You know, that I can say one thing really clearly. And somehow they hear something entirely different. 
I'm like, I need you to go plant. I need you to go and, uh, you know, water the laurel tree. And they think they want me to go do something with Yanny. I don't know. And so, anyways, and so, but we just, there's so many times, there's so much input that, that there are times that we literally aren't on the same page on different things. And life experience begins to be in, for the way we connect with the things of God, life experience begins to be one of those octave shifts for us spiritually. And for, because the word, folks, is laurel. That's, you go to vocabulary.com, it's, it's laurel. And so, but so many of you here, just that's all you hear is Yanny, that's it. And so as we're trying to bring the truth to, to people and to grow, that when there's so much life experience, so much hurt, so much what if, so much disappointment, so many of these compiled things, they can begin to shift us. And we have a hard time getting a hold of what the Bible's really trying to say to us and really doing it. And that's why so many times we have to just shed some of that stuff and just say, I'm going to let some of this go and begin to trust God like a little child. Well, folks, what a better time than when you're already a child. When these kids begin to hear the truth, you know what, that God loves you and he's good. You know what? And they don't have all the times well, like you and I say, well, well, what about this and what about that? Which we've got answers for those things. And we can walk you through some of those issues and some of the pain and, and see a good God even in the middle of brokenness and pain and, and the destruction that we see. That we can still see a good God. But a little kid will resonate with it really quick because we're built and we're wired by God who loves us and is for us. And we begin to speak to a child and say, you know what? God loves you and he's for you. And they just embrace it. They don't push back on it. They just embrace it. And it's what better time than when they're already a child. Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 13 says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. This is Jesus' right-hand guys are getting on to people for bringing their kids. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Jesus wasn't indignant very many times. He was just old school, ticked off. He was mad. And so Jesus was, was ticked off, and he said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, and he placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. Folks, what an amazing opportunity that we get. That we get to be able to, to parent and to raise children. What an incredible opportunity we get as a church family to be able to be entrusted with children. And that we have volunteers over there who are pouring into kids right now. We have volunteers in our nursery who are pouring into children and helping them to grow in it. If you feel called towards those, one of those ministries, man, we, we could use the volunteers. But I tell you what, it's an incredible opportunity for us as a church to be able to minister, to minister to children. Because what a child learns about God shapes how they will connect with God as an adult. Proverbs 22.6 says, start, off <clears throat> on the way, start children off on the way that they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. 
New King James Version says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I tell you what, this is a, a, is a truth that so many parents have held on to. As you train your kids up, and you know what, there's lots of you. Lots of you who are here have uh, maybe been pointed towards church as a child, had some experiences, good and bad. Maybe disconnected as a young adult, maybe pulled away as a young adult, and now you find yourself sitting in a church that didn't even exist when you were younger, and there was something that was draw you in. You are evidence of this truth, that maybe you walked away, and maybe you pushed back, and maybe you're trying to see what else was offered out there, but there was a truth that was put in your heart that God matters and that he loves you. Folks, this is a time when as us as church and parents to be able to pour into our children and put those seeds that are in there forever. See, God as Father will direct us into His love. He will point us to His love. And we need to understand that as children of God, we need to recognize what He's up to. And if we will let Him direct our lives, we can trust that He is pointing us to His love over and over and over again. Psalms 119.35 says, Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. And then later on in that same chapter, it says, Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. And in this, we have David saying, Lord, you direct me. He's inviting the direction. He's inviting God to, to be his guide. And folks, you and I as the children of God, we need to have that attitude. Lord, when I wake up in the morning, Lord, show me. Show me how to live. Show me how to love. Show me how to, to do this thing called life in such a way that it's meaningful for me and meaningful for everyone that I encounter. So many times we can be fearful of inviting God's will into our life if we think that he's going to somehow make our life difficult and, and, and hard. And, and he's going to be judging us and pointing out all of our shortcomings and all the stuff all the time. And we can just keep him at arm's distance. And you're like, God, I feel bad enough about myself already. I don't need you whispering in my ear more of it. And so many times if you think that they, you let God in, that that's all he's going to do is pick you apart and talk about your shortcomings, well then, you, yeah, you'll keep him at a distance. But guess what? That's not what he does. Paul writes to the Thessalonian church in 2 Thessalonians 3. He says, we have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. He knew. Paul knew that if we, they would... If they would just let God direct their hearts, God would be pointing them towards his love. He's not going to be pointing you towards all the, your failures and your mistakes and all the stuff where you slipped up. He's going to be pointing you towards his love of how much he's there for you and, and he wants to be a part of you and, and help you to grow. See, folks, our bottom line today is that parenting is directing. It's directing. It's helping to show children in the direction that they need to go. So many times with parenting, we feel like it's controlling, and it's not. It's, it's directing. Just like a director gives direction to an actor. The actor has to do the acting. The director can't go do it for them. But it gives coaching and direction and motivation and all those different things. Us as parents, our children, they're going to live their lives. 
And we have to recognize they're the, they're the choosers. They're going to be the decision makers. So we need to come alongside and help them make better decisions. But they have to recognize they're the decision maker. They're the ones making the decisions. And we need to come in and help point them in that direction. We are the directors as parents. See, our highest and best life is found in simply being a child of God. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.